Hello and welcome to Reality Tourist Podcast. In this podcast, I will interview people about their experiences of psychosis in order to end the taboo, educate people, and basically just help others feel less alone. Hello everyone, welcome to part two of our special employment episode. I uh, hope you all enjoy part one. So this was all recorded in one go last year, and I've had to cut it into two because it was so long. So in part one, we covered um, different things, different experiences my two guests had had and different things that had and hadn't helped them. In this one, I specifically ask what it is that they feel has allowed them to maintain employment. So it's a shorter episode than last time, but I hope you'll find it useful. People will lynch me if I don't ask this because everyone wanted to know this when I said I was going to do an employment episode. This is going to be a really hard question. I apologise in advance. But <laughs> what is it that you think it is that allows you to work? Because as we've said, statistically speaking, it's a low number of people. I know you said don't focus on the statistics, but still. Is it that you managed to get the correct treatment? Is it the fact that you've, got, had, you've had therapy? Is it just that you've got the right job or the right boss? or A massive mixed bag of all of them so so yeah but okay firstly like I said for me luck had a lot to do with it because my situation allowed me to get the help that I needed second thing I would say is Mm -hmm. always consider private therapy if you can if you can I I cannot I cannot sing psychotherapy's praises enough I feel like I'm always banging on about it people are probably going to get sick of me talking about it but for me I'll give one example so I had an extremely difficult experience when I was nine years old one of my unusual belief systems was I was convinced that and it's probably going to be completely obvious to everyone now, but I was completely convinced that the number nine had some sort of special meaning because no matter how far up you go in the multiples of nine, and I'm really worried about saying this because I don't want to do that thing that you talked about earlier, Michelle, with <laughs> kind of getting <laughs> other people into your own um, own little belief world. No, I think that, re- that requires in-person, intense um, staring. So it's fine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. But no matter how far you go up in the multiples of nine, each digit is going to add up to the number nine. And that literally works forever. And I became obsessed with working out what the multiples of nine meant. And I literally, I, it was egged on by the voices. They all said, you know, you, you've got to write them down. You've got to work it out. You've got to convert it into this code. You've got to do this with mm. it. You've got to reverse it. You've got to work out what it means. Because if you work out what it means you can fix yourself and all of this will stop and I won't I won't go into sort of the details of what happened um, in my childhood though it's probably fairly self-explanatory from the way I'm speaking about it but I was talking to my therapist one day and I got really frustrated and I said okay I get it like I was like the voices are how I deal with anger because I don't get angry well I don't deal well with anger they're how I deal with conflict and they give me something to be scared about instead of being angry or frustrated or whatever it is and I said I get that Mm. I said but what's all this shit with the number nine I said because that is just 
bizarre. I don't understand it. And he looked at me, he's so astute, this guy. I, I won't I won't name drop him because I don't know if he'd want me to name drop him, but he's so good at what he does. And he looked at me and he went, Bronwyn, what happened when you were nine? And I'm really going to try not to get emotional at this. I started laughing, like full on joker, maniacal laughing, because at that point it was so obvious. Mm. It was so obvious. It was my brain literally trying to work out what happened. And my brain got stuck in a loop. And the only way it could, it felt it could work it out mm -hmm. was to do all this crazy stuff. And it was my brain trying to work it through. And that was so powerful for me because it was like, oh, oh, I've got a key to this now. I've got, I've got something that gives this meaning. I understand it. So therapy for me has absolutely enabled me to work. It has been the, you know, I've, I've been going solidly for five years. I'm not ashamed to say it. Mm. I think it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't cost me as much as most people would think it would. Yes. Okay. It's, it, it's a cost, yeah. but ultimately I would probably quite easily blow that going out of the weekend. You know, I I'd quite easily yeah. blow that at the pub or, you know, going shopping or whatever. This is an investment in myself. And it enables me to do everything else. Um, mm. The second thing I would say, and I will shut up soon, I promise. Organisation for me is king. I have a to-do list. If I don't write things mm. down before I start my, my day, I will have a bad day. And I've done it enough times to know that that's the case. <laughs> if I write it down, I cross it off when it's done. If it doesn't get done, it goes on the list the next day. Other stuff comes in, it gets added to the list. And it's just, it's really simple. It sounds really basic. And yet it's so, it, it frees up my mind from clutter. If I'm having a really bad day and everything's noisy, likelihood is I'm quite distracted. I am here, there and everywhere. I'm probably a little bit like, mm -hmm. not clinically, but I'm probably a little bit manic mm -hmm. with it all it stops me for getting stuff and leaving stuff undone that's important and yeah. it enables me to perform and the third thing the job has to fit you yeah. if the job doesn't fit you it doesn't matter what you do if it's the wrong job for you at some point you will get sick you will get stressed if if it doesn't mm. like i used to work in credit control i won't ever go back to credit control i don't i am not the right person for that job i'm too I find it too difficult to deal with conflict and that is part of my makeup that you know whether it whether you know we can discuss till we're blue in the face whether or not it's permanent but I know I mm. can never perform well in a credit control job because ultimately at some point I'm going to get so stressed that I'm going to break so that's my bit I will shut up now I promise <laughs> no uh, to echo a lot what you said Bronwyn we're roughly the same three things for me. Again, there's no magic fix to getting employed and keeping employment, especially with a condition like psychosis. It was really just a mix 
I think for me, um, number one, I know everyone, a lot of people can't access therapy, but you'd be what number one th- talking therapy, not CBT or a homework based therapy. It's different for everyone, but that didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, talking therapy, especially per- person centered, existential, humanistic, whatever you want to call it, absolutely one hundred percent saved my life. That is why I'm sitting here today. Um, and yes, at different periods of my life, this was in combination with medication without whatever fit me. Again, please only um do what's safe safe for you the listeners um yeah don't take this as don't go cold turkey off your medication i know i said it several times but only do what's safe for you um so yeah therapy you'd be surprised at how not not cheap because that is a cost well one you can like myself had access um free the the, the point of use uh, therapy through there is special specialist organisations. A lot of therapists will uh, work on sliding scales. Most therapists also offer a free fifty minute consult at the start to see if they're a good fit. Um, all of this yeah. thing. So if you're thinking about it, and the NHS waiting lists are horrendous, I only imagine they're they definitely are worse in England. Scotland's bad, but England and Northern Ireland and Wales is bad as well. Oh yeah. Please uh, consider it a good place to start as the counselling directory. Uh, second would be I found some sort of some sort of creative outlet, and for me, one I play drums badly. I'm a massive Slipknot fan. Um, two, <laughs> I got really into poetry. Um, not long after my first uh, psychosis episode, and that. One, it's really different to my day job, which is stats heavy and mostly depressing. <laughs> Not the actual job itself, but the subject matter. <laughs> um, and it was too, it was really different. So it was such a release for me personally. And I suppose that ties into thirdly, and this isn't safe for everyone to do. I really, so instead of being marks running away from the psychosis ignoring it trying to ignore the voices everything else I when I felt safe enough to do so done a deep dive into it so really spent the time in therapy and through poetry and other things and even just sitting myself like reflecting on why and if you're listening you might not be at the right point in your life to do this one it can set you back so and you have a lot of side effects and everything else from it um so it's just about knowing if you're in the right place or safe to do so. Um, that sort of deep dive into the psychosis really helped alleviate some symptoms for me enough that I could then go into full-time 9-to-5 employment, or certainly if I was already in full-time 9-to-5 employment, work more consistently. Um, and that was a really big big thing for me. Yeah, uh, unusual belief system, not to go off on a tangent, but since we're sharing cringe unusual belief system moments mine's was to do with I don't want you to feel alone Bronwyn so I'll just share mine (laughs) okay thank you I appreciate that mine's mine's is uh, loosely based around I suppose it's considered like government conspiracy persecutory Um, basically I thought I was part of a massive government experiment where they were making me ill 
uh, in preparation for some massive calamity. And then COVID happened, and I thought it would make me more quotation mark mental, but it didn't. I felt I felt saner than I had in years. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it's not me. It's everyone else. Everyone else. I was prepared for this. Um. Yeah. It was. And I'm not the only one who has that kind of belief system who felt like that during during COVID. Um, if anything, it sent you kind of spinning off the mannequin, so you had to like bring yourself in um, and tell yourself you weren't getting married to that poor statistician who appeared on TV every day. What was his name? He was lovely. He, the doctor, do you remember him? Yeah. Chris Whitty. Oh, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'll marry you, Chris Whitty. Uh, trying to stop myself from finding his email. <laughs> I don't, don't worry, on, one, on an episode recently I, I admitted to having an obsession with Michael Gove where I was counting his blinks and I thought his blinks were Morse code. <laughs> um, oh, you said on you, you said about it on Twitter, didn't you? I've never, he, to me he looks like, I don't know, he kind of looks like Pob. Do I, I'd have you know to Pob? be obsessed with anyone else, to be honest. <laughs> it just looks like, no... No, no, I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah, the, a, a deep dive for me at the right time. And it still continues to stay, like that's partly what the therapy's for as well. But basically, I, I try not to be scared of the psychosis anymore. I understand that's hard if it's particularly distressing or you're still at the very beginning of understanding why. Um, but for me, that was that was a big turning point. From believing it just happened out of the blue. Uh, spoiler alert, all the time psychosis doesn't just happen out of the blue. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> something to set it off. You think everything's fine, but maybe it's not. Um, so yeah, the deep dive. Um, yeah, and it's it's just such yeah. a mix of chance and opportunity. Other people taking chances on you. Opportunities opening up at the right time, at the right place. Um, Oh yeah, and thirdly, don't buy into the statistics. I say this as someone with lived experience, but who also works with those statistics. Um, I remember seeing that statistic for the first time from a PhD that if you have a psychosis condition, mainly schizophrenia, is what they usually use, you'll die on average 20 years younger than other people. Um, one, that's actually based on the some side effect, some cardiovascular side effects and some poorer health behaviours like smoking and things like that um, it hasn't been updated in a long time so if you see the statistics and they're scaring you don't, don't be scared don't be scared like I don't mean that pa- patronising but the, the statistics are old like they're old as fuck like from the 50s or something so <laughs> it's it's yeah because I imagine I, I, I imagine not a lot of well even with current research it's kind of difficult to get numbers yeah. on that sort of thing so a lot of it will be from like controlled you know like yeah. you say from the 50s when they actually had you know old yeah. mental hospitals and that sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so if you're just diagnosed or you've been diagnosed for a while even if you're not diagnosed and come through if you see these statistics it's it's not the end of you it's not the end of your life or opportunities or chances or employment or relationships or anything it's not it's not the end. Um, I hope that's that's positive. Hopefully, us speaking will <laughs> hopefully shed a bit of a positive light on it. Um, yeah, it's not the end. There's there's always a chance to turn around. However, whatever that looks like for you, there's always a chance. Um, 
Yeah. And and don't and don't let any statutory health body or otherwise tell you you can't work because you've got a condition. Um that's yeah. We're not into paternalism here, so yeah. I think you got a good point on statistics because you shouldn't take statistics at first value. <laughs> I mean We've all at some point met someone who's in their hundreds and smokes no. five packets of cigarettes a day, a triathlete who's dropped dead at 25. So, you know, it's... Yeah. Um... Well, that did yeah. just happen in Scotland. The young guy who won the um, World uh, Mountain Bike Championships, he was like 37 in Glasgow. So he won it on Monday and he he, he died on Wednesday, yesterday, the day before. So he won the championship and then two days later died. Uh, it's like big in the news so six mean nothing <laughs> here's a really healthy that's guy. not to say you'll go out and smoke like five packs of cigarettes a day just to make that clear like disclaimers oh, God, yeah yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah don't because that can also be an issue if you live with a psychosis condition you tend to as the nhs put it make um poorer <laughs> health lifestyle choices says me Sorry, staring at some empty elf bars i'm getting uh, twitchier <laughs> need my nicotine just... fix. <laughs> Yeah, don't believe yeah, don't believe the statistics. No, I think that's a good point. So to sum up, <laughs> disclosure can be a mixed bag, but if you have the right person and the person takes you seriously and is willing to learn, then it's normally more beneficial than not. Um, yeah, reasonable adjustments are complicated, and no one seems to know what they need. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's okay. That's okay. That's not you failing if you don't know what you need because none of us know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just muggling through yeah. life, hope, tr- trying our best, essentially. <laughs> you have to find the right job. Mm-hmm. You have to have someone who's in a job that's understanding and therapy is fantastic, basically. Yeah, it's pretty much it. <laughs> right therapy, right therapist. Yes, yes. yes. And if one therapy or therapist doesn't suit you and doesn't work for you, yeah. don't be afraid to try others. Sometimes it can be difficult to find the right fit, but I think... yeah. Part of that is because psychosis particularly is going to be different for everyone. There are going to be different reasons, different causes, different triggers. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's funny. I've never um, until today met anyone else who also saw a, a trauma-based therapist um, and had kind of come to the um, decision, not decision, but conclusion that theirs was probably rooted in childhood experiences, a lot of it. I've, I've I've never met anyone before, so I'm really really glad that I've met you, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a bit more normal now. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be different. Uh, <laughs> reality too, it's swarming friendships. <laughs> yes, yeah, we need to do like a reality tourist meetup or something, yeah. or like Zoom. I will, I will, yeah. I will field the idea. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both for being on. It has been. Not quite as chaotic as I thought it would be for the first time of having two guests. But yeah, thank you very much for being on. I'm sure people will find this useful. Uh, it's great to know that people can maintain employment despite psychosis. And it's been interesting finding out the things that have helped you and not helped you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much for being on. It's been yeah. brilliant. <laughs> thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reality Tourist Podcast. To find out more about the project, or maybe to get involved by writing a blog or being a guest on the show, please look us up on Twitter, at Reality Tourists. Until next time, bye for now.